Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. A couple of things I'd like to share before we get into those is I have had some interesting conversations with some people that have taken place since our last podcast. And I reached out to Corey Tischer, asked him if uh, when I came to a game this summer, if I could have a media pass and uh, have access to the field and come on the field and interview him and interview players. And Coach Corey Tischer actually gave me permission to come on out on the field and do some interviews. So thank you, Coach Tischer, for that. Definitely did not expect that to get that answer, but that means you're taking me seriously as a credible media source. I really appreciate it. Very cool when I responded to him on Facebook. I actually got a response from the PA announcer from Wallert Catholic High School, Marvin Merlitt, and he actually invited me to sit in the announcer's booth with him during Wallert Catholic High School games. So Marvin, I'm going to take you up on that offer, and I am actually going to join you in the announcer's booth when I come to check out a Wallard Catholic game this summer. Also on our Facebook group, search Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast to join Mike Dunstner, 1974 Hempstead State Champion. He doesn't want us to forget about the old guys. He, uh, he wants us to recognize the uh, older guys uh, in the program that have built that program. Mike, I would love to do an all-program team for Waller, Hempstead Sr., and Western Dubuque. But unfortunately, um, we're running into some issues coming up with some stats because Quick Stats only goes to 2006. And a lot of these stats are not available to find online. So I might have to reach out to Coach Kaur. Coach Fan, Coach Kramer, Coach Fleming, and Coach Felderman to see if I can pick their brains. Maybe they have notebooks laying around somewhere, and uh, maybe we could do an all-program team. That's something that uh, I would like to do. But Mike, 1974 state champion of Hempstead, thank you for reaching out to me on Facebook. Really appreciate it. And, and we're going to try to come up with something special to honor the guys that, uh, that came before us. Also, in my last episode, I uh, stated that the TH Sports feed uh, stopped retweeting us after our first episode, and I would like to thank Jim Leitner and his staff from the Telegraph Herald. They have been retweeting us like crazy of late, and I would like to thank them for doing that and getting the word out. We, uh, We really appreciate it. We definitely could not have all of the support that we have and all the listens that we've had if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you to the TH Sports Feed, Jim Leitner and his staff. 
Next thing I need to do is I need to introduce the people that will be joining us today. We are joined by Coach Tyler Soigling, co-host from Phoenix, Arizona, and we are joined by Western Dubuque, defensive coordinator for the varsity football team, legend at Clark University as a baseball player, legend coach at Western Dubuque, and one heck of a guy, Coach Corey Davidson. Thank you for joining us. And I would like to have Tyler share a story. He has been talking back and forth with Coach Dan Spain from Clark. And Coach Soigling, would you like to tell us about some of the interactions you've had with Coach Spain? I would love to have Coach Spain on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I hate to admit this, but I know very little about NAIA. Is NAIA Division Three level? Is it below Division Three? Is it Division Two talent? Could they beat some Division One teams? I really have no idea where NAIA falls in in the college ranks. I would like to get Coach Spain on here and and share that information with us and and maybe put NAIA in a positive light. And um, go ahead, Coach Soigling. Tell us about your uh, interactions that you've had with um, Coach Spain. Talked to Dan about a month and a half ago, I would say. And um, yeah, I, I gained a lot of respect for Dan. Not that, I mean, I already had a ton before, but just the way that he talks about his players and how he is so focused on the team that he has right now um, really went a long way for me as far as um, what he does with this program there. Um, I, we started out talking about just some guys I wanted to send him. Um, I called him out on one of our previous podcasts and so he got back to me right away. Um, and so we started talking about that and just from, from there on, we went from, you know, we were talking for about an hour, hour and a half, uh, just about what he's looking for in guys and the new things that he's doing with this program and, um, and just kind of sharing stories and, and things like that. So. Now, Coach Davidson, when I introduced you before, I said you were the defensive coordinator of Western Dubuque football, but I forgot to add state champion to my introduction. Now, you played at Clark. Uh, did you happen to play with Coach Dan Spain, or was he the coach when you were playing there? Give us a, give us an update here. Yeah, so uh, played with Dan his senior year. He transferred in there uh, from Iowa Wesleyan. Uh, and a little funny story about Dan Spain. First time I met him, uh, we were kind of in a conference room sitting there talking and I introduced myself and he said, I'm Dan Spain and I'm going to be the shortstop. And first thing that popped in my head is that this guy is kind of a loser and I don't really like him. Uh, and being the only two Iowa guys, I kind of got to know him and realized that, uh, not only was he a great baseball player, but he was a great teammate and a great friend. Um, and he does what he's doing right now at Clark is absolutely incredible. Now, do you think he introduced himself as Dan Spain, the shortstop, because he thought you were a shortstop and he was intimidated by your presence and he was trying to psych you out? Or what do you think his reasoning was for doing that? 
Uh, I think that's just kind of how Dan Spain is. Uh, if you ever got to know him, uh, he kind of plays with that fire. Um, and I think he kind of wanted to set the tone in. He does have a little loser tendencies. So <laughs> back in the day, he kind of grew out of him. I think Jessica helped him out with that. So, yeah. And he, before he, we, he's a winner. He, he, he is a winner. He, he has, he has the quote on his, every tweet that he does on Clark university, uh, winners win. And I, I think he takes that to heart because yeah. you, you see his players, they're not only winning on the baseball field, but they're winning in the community. They're winning in the classroom. Yeah. They're winning after graduation. And, and I, I really like that, that quote because, uh, it seems like his players really take it to heart. Now, coach Davidson, before we started recording, you started telling us a story and I cut you off cause I wanted to save it for the podcast. You had to run a mile at Clark and do you want to share, uh, when coach Dan Spain had to run his mile? Yeah. So it was a two mile, uh, right outside AJ Spiegel park in Piasta. Um, and he had to get two miles in under 14 minutes and, uh, half of it was uphill. Um, and I guess to show you how hard it was, I was a four time, never getting it under 14, uh, minutes for those two miles. And, uh, Dan Spain, I think he was like in second or third place, um, and blew his hammy out right before the finish line Ouch. and actually army crawled through, uh, didn't make it in 14 minutes and had to run it again the next day, which I thought was absolutely crazy. Yeah, uh, that. but it just kind of shows about kind of the heart and, and that little bravado that he has about himself. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see what that what that program has done, and uh, I I can't wait to see how it progresses uh, in the future. Yeah. Proof is in the pudding, man. It is. Yeah. Now, lastly, in the ultimate sports weekend ceremonial first pitch, we are going to address the snubs from Hempstead High School and from senior high school. Now, I appreciate everybody that calls in, emails me, sends me a text, sends me a private message, reaches to me out on Twitter with your snubs. I really do appreciate that. Snubs, it gets people talking about the show. It gets people listening to the show. But... If you're going to send me in a snub, there better not be any tomfoolery when you send in a snub. Remember that if you're sending in a snub to add to the team, somebody has to come off the team. Now, when I did this, I wanted it to be as true to a baseball starting lineup as possible. I wanted to have one at each position. I wanted to have three outfielders. Wanted to have a DH. I will say that I probably made a mistake only asking for three pitchers. I probably should ask for five pitchers. That's my mistake. My high school buddies and I started a fantasy baseball league in 2000 and it lasted for 15 years. Year 13, some tomfoolery started. We started one at each position. We started five pitchers and a closer. Year 13, 
we got as far away from baseball and as a baseball team as possible. We now started all of the positions but a corner infielder. We all started all the positions and a middle infielder. Heck, we're going to start four outfielders. Now we're playing town ball. We're going to start four DHs, four utilities. Heck, now I don't even have to make a tough decision. I just throw everybody in there. We're not going to start one closer. We're going to start three closers. And it got so far away from actual baseball that it was no longer fun. And that group of my 10 high school buddies, the league folded. So I wanted this to be as close to an authentic situation and authentic team as possible. Could I have asked for 18 guys? Yeah, I could ask for 18 guys, but you're always going to have snubs. Now, here at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, we have credibility. When we put out a product and we have had some delays and we have had some issues with sound in the app, that's that's not on us. That's That's the Uh, program that we're working here. But when we're talking about things, it's researched. We're putting research into this. We are taking who we think is the best of the best. This isn't the everybody gets a ribbon team. This isn't the participation team. This is the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast All-Decade Team. Think of 10 teams. Every team on their depth chart has at least two players. Some have three. Heck, if it's second base, there's usually six second basemen on each team because that's where you put the infielder with the weakest arm or the outfielder that can't catch a fly ball. We have credibility. Some of the people on the list that I got, you can check it out on Twitter at Coach Manaman, absolutely do not deserve to be on the all-decade team. They don't have the numbers, not even close to the numbers to be on the Hempstead all-decade team. You can't send me a shortstop. You send me a shortstop, Andrew Redman gets kicked off the team. Andrew Redman is a Hempstead great. He's on the Mount Rushmore of Hempstead Mustang baseball players. You send me a pitcher, we got to throw Andrew Redman, 10-0, off the team. Dan Milius off the team. Chris Tompkins off the team. Not going to happen. That's complete tomfoolery. Now, I will tell you on the list, there were some guys that slipped through the cracks. And I'm going to address them. We'll talk about if they should be on the Hempstead All-Decade team, 2010 to 2019. Great episode. Give it a listen. Definitely some honorable manamans that should be on the list. But some of the people on the list absolutely 100% don't deserve to be on the team, don't deserve a mention. Don't take it personally. Doesn't mean I don't dis, it doesn't mean I dislike you. That's not the case. Doesn't mean I think you're a bad player. Doesn't mean I have it out for you. I don't. This is the best of the best. This isn't the everybody gets a ribbon team. That's not how we do things around here at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. The people that 
were brought up on the list, again, you can see it at Coach Manaman, are some people that deserve a mention. When you search on quick stats, if you're not in the top three on the offensive printable stats list, you're not going to make the all-decade team. They set it up to put the top offensive leaders at the top and then they trickle down. If you're not in the top three or four of your team, you're not going to make the all-decade team for Wallert, Hempstead, Western Dubuque, Senior. It's not going to happen. If I was figuring out your war, wins above replacement, and you're fifth or sixth or even ninth for offensive stats for your team for that season, you're not going to make the list. That's tomfoolery. We have credibility here at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Now, I am going to address some names that, yeah, we'll see if they can go on the list. We'll see if we can boot somebody off. We do our due diligence here at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. First name I want to recognize, Will Courtney. Will Courtney, as a senior, hit 361, had an on-base percentage of 474. He had 13 doubles, two triples, three home runs, and 23 RBIs. And he was a big piece of that Legion team that went to the American Legion World Series. Outfielder. Um, can we take Riley Conley, Brad Dewey, Adam Kennedy off the list? Uh, you can't take Adam Kennedy off. His stats are comparable to Brad Dewey. His stats are comparable to Riley Conley. I think you keep Riley Conley on the list. Brad Dewey, maybe you toss Brad Dewey off the list. I don't know. Maybe you do. But uh, Will Courtney definitely deserves an honorable manaman or that outfield spot. That's a good snub. That's good reporting. That's not tomfoolery. That's not a guy who's ninth on the wins above replacement on the uh, Iowa quick stats printable stats for his team. Another name, Cole Meering. Cole Meering, two-year starter. I coach Cole, great kid, good hitter. He stepped in the box, pitchers feared him. Cole, his senior year, had an average of 415, had an on-base percentage of 517. He had 11 doubles, four home runs, and 24 RBIs. Can you throw David Fitzgerald off the list? I don't think you can. I, uh, I like David's stats. David was a three-year starter. He hit very similar to Cole at 411. David had just as many RBIs, actually had more RBIs than Cole. He stole more bases. Um, and David, again, was a three-year starter. Cole was a two-year starter. Yes, does Cole Meering deserve an honorable man? I mean, you, you, you bet your bottom dollar he does. Um, does he beat out David Fitzgerald for that first base spot? I don't think so. Another first baseman, Josh Graves. Josh Graves was an integral part of that Andrew Redman, Alex Timmerman 2010 run. He uh, had an average of 337, on base percentage of 420, seven doubles, two home runs, 27 RBIs. Does he kick off David Fitzgerald? No, he doesn't. Does he deserve an honorable manaman? Yeah, we'll give him an honorable manaman. Um, I've never met Josh, but I, I did remember seeing him play. Uh, good fielding first baseman. Not as good as uh, yours truly here, Coach Manaman, but um, solid fielding first baseman. 
And yeah, I, I think he deserves a mention. He's not. We're not kicking off David Fitzgerald though for Josh Graves. Sorry, not going to do it. Uh, another name is Nick Stevenson. Now this one is debatable. Nick Stevenson, his senior year, hit 375, had an on-base percentage of 468, two doubles, one triple, two home runs, 18 RBIs. Those stats are better. Some are better than Lucas Duax's. Could you interchange Nick Stevenson for Lucas Duax? I think you could. That's a good snub. I think you could there. Nick Stevenson, uh, knowledgeable kid on the game. I coached him. I coached against him. I I absolutely loved coaching freshman baseball against him. He's a knowledgeable mind. He's a good kid. He understands the game. He understands how to teach the game at that level. Also, I believe he just had his first child. So uh, congratulations to him and his wife. Great guy. I, I want to talk to Nick. I want to see if he thinks that he was snubbed, if he deserves to be on the list. Can, can we interchange Mitch Crimmins for Lucas Duax? I think you can. I gave, I gave uh, Mitchell Crimmins an honorable manaman. Well, we'll give Nick Stevenson an honorable manaman. I think the three of those guys you could interchange on that spot. I, I really think you could. Two names that came in were sophomores. Zach Sabres and Logan Rundy. These guys, when we're doing the podcast 10 years from now, they will make the all-decade team for 2021 to 2030. They will. We'll still be doing the podcast. And I'm sure we'll still be getting tomfoolery. But we address it. We check our, we check our stats. We are a credible media outlet here. People are enjoying the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. If we put some of the guys on the snubs list that that were eighth on their team in offensive stats, people aren't going to listen. We lose all credibility here. Um, Logan Rundy, as a sophomore, had a great year. He was 4-4 four and four on the mound. He was their number two, number one pitcher last year. Uh, Logan Rundy, as a sophomore, hit... 345 on base percentage of 486, 10 doubles, four home runs, 33 RBIs. That's a heck of a season as a sophomore. Coach Davison is uh, holding his hand up here on Zoom. He wants to say something about Logan Rundy here. Coach Davison, let me uh, get to the other snub and, and, and we'll let you say your piece here. Um, Logan Rundy listed as uh, utility, a DH. Can we kick off Alex Timmerman? No, we can't. Andrew Redman, Mount Rushmore of Hempstead. Alex Timmerman, Mount Rushmore of Hempstead as well. Great baseball player. Alex Timmerman has stats that some people will never achieve in their whole career, and he did it in one year as a senior. His senior stats are incredible. I'm not going to give them away. I'm going to make you go back and listen to the podcast to check them out, get us some more views. But... Yeah, does he deserve an honorable manaman? Yeah, you bet your bottom dollar he does. But is he is he replacing Alex Timmerman? He's not. Another one, and this is debatable. This is this is a great snub. Zach Sabers is uh, is Zach Sabers is he on the All Decade team? His stats, former student of mine, great kid, very versatile player. He um, catches. He plays shortstop. He also pitches for them. Valuable player. Listen to his stats as a sophomore. 
His average was 402, on base percentage of 529, nine doubles, three RBIs, 29 RBIs as a sophomore. That's crazy. So let's talk about it. Brady Breitbach, when we talked about him on the podcast, we didn't even list his stats. I don't even know what Brady's stats are off the top of my head. If if I was the head varsity coach at Hempstead when Brady was a senior, I probably would have caught him 14 innings a day and I probably would have DH'd for him both games. Brady's uh, tangibles to the team were not his offense. And I think he would be the first to admit that. And that team was loaded with guys on the bench that could swing it. We had two to four viable options on the bench that could just flat out hit that we didn't have a spot for. But Zach Stabers, does he have better stats than Brady Breitbach? You bet he does. But Brady Breitbach caught statistically one of the best pitching staffs in Hempstead baseball history. Do you take Zach's stats and throw Brady off the team? I don't know. Guys got on first base and they didn't run. If they did, Brady threw him out. When he was behind the plate, if somebody got on base, which was a rarity with some of the pitchers that we had on that staff, they didn't advance to second. Brady caught for a team that started out the year 19-0, and were ranked number one in the state for the entire year, and took us to the state tournament, set the school records for wins. Do you kick off those underlining stats for offensive stats? I don't know. It's a great conversation. I'd love to have it. Good snub. Zach Sabre's great snub. Does he have the stats to be on the Hempstead All-Decade team? Yeah, he does. But I don't know if I can throw Brady off the list. Yes, yeah, so Zach Sabres. I'm pretty sure I played against that kid my junior, senior in high school. That kid has to be at least 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all kidding aside, I'm pretty sure he, he had to have been an eighth grader uh, playing sophomores one of the years I was coaching at West Dubuque. And he was a pretty stud behind the dish. And then, sure enough, he's there next year. And I, I asked him when he was going to graduate, and he kind of chuckled. So uh, he's a great ball player, and he's got a great future ahead of him. Him and uh, uh, Logan Rundy, too, is another one that they got got going on there. Uh, and the future's pretty bright there at Hempstead if they keep it rolling with that. Yeah, and you said before we went on here that those guys played sophomore baseball for a couple of years, and you generally don't see that too often, do you? Right, yeah. It's one of those things you don't see the repeat uh, the repeat kids in, uh, especially kids with that talent. And, and obviously when you see those kids, you kind of – we kind of had some fast kids on our team, and you see those guys kind of doing their pregame stuff. And you're like, "Oh boy, we got ourselves got ourselves a doozy here." So, uh, yeah, they're they're really talented, and obviously their future is really bright. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what happens with them at uh, Hempstead High School. Definitely, future is bright for them. Uh, Coach Soigling, we did yep. get some senior snubs. We, uh, we, we had some people reach out to me about some senior stubs. Not as many as the Hempstead list, but we do have a few. Um, f- 
first one is a guy who's just got an unbelievable name by the name of Bobby Bean. Yeah, great baseball name. Yeah, and I, I literally vote for him. You're putting <laughs> him on the team just <laughs> based on the just, name alone. Just, based on the name alone. <laughs> I'm now, not going on. For, I'm talking about office. Yeah. Now, Bobby Bean's stats as a senior, he was an outfielder. He had 36 runs, 37 hits, nine doubles, zero triples, five home runs, 25 RBIs. And he had an on-base percentage of 548 and had an on, and had a batting average of 378. And we look at the outfielders that senior had. They had Austin Clemens. They had um, who were some of the other outfielders they had there, Tyler? Do you remember? Uh, we had Ryan Jance. Yep, Ryan Jance. And uh, I had Cameron Stephan. Okay. Um, and then. Um, Tucker May, I believe, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. I don't think you can take off Tucker May. I definitely do not no. think you can take off Ryan Jance. I was actually no. surprised when I looked at it that Austin Clemens made it as a pitcher. Uh, I'm sorry, made it as an outfielder. I would have yeah. put him on there personally as, as a pitcher because when I remember Austin Clemens – I remember how amazing he was on the mound, and Bobby Bean's stats are definitely better than Austin Clemens from the outfield position, but definitely Austin Clemens does need to be on that list, uh, does yep. need to be on that senior all-decade team for what he yeah, did I mean, as a pitcher. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Austin was tough to, to find a spot for. I don't think I had him on mine. I think I had him as an honorable mention just because um, – it was just it, this is hard. It was really hard to do. And when you look at, you know, even if we put Austin as a as a pitcher, then we have to kick three studs off there too. And so it's how do you make that um, that judgment and that decision? It was it was tough. It was really hard to limit it to only three. Yeah, I think when we do the um, all decade team for the area, we're going to add five pitchers. That was my mistake. We should have had idea. five pitchers. But. Uh, Bobby Bean, not only with a fantastic name, also on the list. And Coach Soigling, I actually, believe it or not, I had another snub come in that often came across my radar. Any guesses on who you think that snub might be that was left off? Uh, um, I'm going to say Nick Weber. It was not Nick Weber. It was actually the co-host of this show. A guy by the name of Coach Tyler Soigling. And I actually got people putting out wanted posters in Dubuque for me. They wanted my head for this. They said, how in the heck can you have somebody on the show and you not put them on the senior all-decade team? So do you want to address you as a snub, not even getting an honorable mention? I don't think I was snubbed at all. Um, I honestly was a very average baseball player in high school. I was topping out like 81. I had like a four something ERA. I, I had like 70 at bats. I did hit 333, but at the same time, um, with a week and a half left in our season, I hit myself in the face swinging that bat, uh, with the baseball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I just, no, I don't, I don't think that we could kick anyone off or anything to put me on there. I, I was very, 
very average. So we're not we're not kicking off Dylan Merritt, Connor Grant uh, at third base to put you on, huh? No, absolutely we're, not. We're not. I think I had like off, a, I think I had like an eight seventy feeling percentage. I was terrible. Yeah, we're not kicking <laughs> off uh, Jacob Kerman or no. um, who are the Sam other Noel. Uh, Sam Noel or Austin Steinis to replace you? Alex, yeah. Yeah, Alex Steinish, you're right. Now, yeah. you actually reached out to me. You felt pretty upset with your team. Um, not upset, but you made a mistake. And, and yeah. there's somebody that you wanted to mention that you felt should have been a mention and, and, sh- and possibly could have been on your team. Who was that snub that you left off your team? Yeah, um, definitely after listening to the podcast, I realized that I, I left off TJ Deardorff and – you look at his stats and you look at what he did. I mean, he played two and a half years of adversity. Um, he really helped that team a lot. Um, it was just really hard for me to uh, find spots for guys. And I was trying to be as um, non-biased as I possibly could. But I definitely um, missed TJ. I wish that there was another spot. If I could put him on there, I'd put him down as a utility guy. Uh, just like a, sec- like a second utility guy because he did everything. He pitched, he hit, he played a position. Um, wherever you needed him to, he was, he was there and he would do it. Um, DJ, Tina, I'm sorry. Don't be mad at me. I love your kids. I love both of them. I love you guys too. Uh, do not, don't get mad at me for this. I'm putting him on my list now. He's a secondary, uh, utility or he's our second utility guy. So, um, that was the biggest snub that, that I had, but I mean, there's so many guys that I wanted to put on this list, but like you said, like we're not just handing out ribbons on this stuff and there has to be a line that you that you have. I mean, just off the top of my head, I have Alex Fossen and Luke Carroll and Nick Weber and Jace Grant, who was always kind of in the shadow of Connor, but Jace was a good baseball player. He was fast. He could steal bases. He played a great outfield. Um, there's Kenny Capacious. I mean, I could keep going on and I heard a lot about Johnny Blake. Um, I was talking to Dan Spain about him. He, his name came up and he said, people don't maybe realize how good Johnny Blake actually is. And so I wish I knew more about him that I could put him on that list. Yeah, that's that's something that you heard me talk about before with the Hempstead snubs, how it's the all-decade team. It's it's a huge right. honor. I, I've heard from some of the kids that have made the all-decade team that they're actually going to have that engraved on their gravestone when they pass away. So it definitely, <laughs> it definitely is a huge honor. You know, maybe we should have did a team and we should have had 18 slots. So maybe we should rename it to the Dubuque area baseball podcast, all starting lineup team. I, I don't know, but um, just like we had both said is do not take it personal. Um, we were going off of awards. We were going off stats. We were also going off coach uh, recommendation as well. And again, one last thank you to Tim Felderman, who um, gave us that list for the Dubuque uh, senior all-decade team. And Coach Reese for throwing us some names there, too. We really do appreciate it. Hey! Is this heaven? No. It's the Around the Horn section of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Five random questions that the guests were not prepped for. For those of you who have been under a rock and have not yet heard any of our 
episodes that we've done so far around the horn is five rapid fire questions so we can get to know our guest that we had today. I mentioned it before. We have legend of Western Dubuque, Corey Davidson, defensive coordinator for the state championship Bobcats, and one heck of a model American joining us here. So, Coach Davidson, first question, favorite baseball memory? Uh, My favorite baseball memory would probably be my junior year of high school. Uh, We ended up making it to state. Um, We played West Delaware where they were ranked number one. Uh, it was a pretty cool game. There was about 2,000 people at, uh, at Farley Park uh, watching that. It was pretty exciting. Um, so that, that junior season was probably my favorite memory. Uh, it was one of our, our better ones. We had Billy Schmidt, who uh, if we did this 10 years ago, he would have been on the all-decade team for sure. Uh, he was a stud pitcher, and it was probably by far my, my favorite memory as a player. Awesome. Very oh, cool. And I have another one, too. We, Go for we got it. second place at the Jones County Fair. And I was in sixth grade, um, and we lost because our number nine hitter swung at a 3-0 count, and then I cursed for the first time after that, and I didn't get to ride any of the rides at the Jones County Fair because my mom was so mad at me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, that second question. If you were playing now, what would your walk-up song be? Uh. It'd probably be some sort of clown music because it'd be a joke. <laughs> uh, just being fat and out of shape. Uh, if you go to Epworth Semi-Pro Games, the, the fans will get on you and they'll start playing a little clown music in the background. Uh, when, when you make an error in, with Epworth Baseball, we, we tend to make a lot of errors. Uh, I actually didn't make any errors the last three years because I pretended that I didn't have a glove so I could DH. Uh, so. <laughs> but I would say probably the clown music would be probably be my walk up song now. And and if I could give the Epworth Orioles a plug on Twitter, you need to follow yeah. their Twitter page. Their Twitter page, I believe it's at Epworth Orioles, is is hilarious. They put some good content up there. Third yes, question do. for you, Coach Davidson. Coaching advice. So some of the younger coaches out there, let's say you're an 18 or 19-year-old kid that just graduated high school and you just got your first baseball job this summer. What advice might you give to them? Uh, I'd say be a sponge. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that I've had the fortune of being around great baseball people and just great people in general uh, whether it's Rob Horner uh, coaching us in Epworth, the coach of the Butte County Legion team last couple of years. Uh, he was our little league coach. Um, I had Casey Bryant. My first coaching experience that I had uh, was was underneath Jerry Rowling, which, um, as everyone knows around this wow. area, is a, is a Dubuque County legend. Um, and being a sponge and seeing what they do, but also at the same time understanding that you still have to be yourself too. And awesome. find that perfect medium. Awesome. Very cool. I can attest to that. Uh, my yep. first ever head coaching job was offered to me by Jerry Rowling, and I would go to a lot of varsity practices just to see what he was doing so I could learn. Now, you are an avid gamer. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about this a little later in a minute with Manaman about social distancing. What is your favorite baseball game of all time? 
Oh, that's a no-brainer. It's MLB The Show. Um, I've been currently bunkered here, socially distancing myself from my wife in the basement, uh, playing, <laughs> playing the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's by far the, the best game you can play. And, uh, yeah. Nice. Do you feel comfortable giving your gamer tag out on the air in case some people want to join you for a game? Or do you just do the road to the show or the franchise oh. mode? Or how do you play? I'll do a little Diamond Dynasty. Just It's got a little baseball card thing. Play people online. Uh, I'm not going to give out my gamer tag to anyone because <laughs> I don't need I don't need to get embarrassed by people around me. County. Actually, funny story. The first time I played last year, we first time first game of the season that I played on the ranked seasons, you just get matched up randomly. I got matched up with Trace Hoffman, mm-hmm. uh, who's pitching at Iowa now, and. I looked looked at his name. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Trace Hoffman, and we ended up talking for about a half hour during that. So, well, yeah. he, he's a Cascade kid, right? Yep, Cascade, Cascade. Kid. Very cool. Very good story. And last one, which leads perfectly into the Western Dubuque All Decade Team 2010 to 2019. Who are some players that, if you had to brainstorm off the top of your head, do you think will make this All Decade Team? Uh, I'll go Calvin Harris, obviously. Um, I'll go Dylan Gatto, uh, Sam Goodman, uh, the Lehman brothers, uh, Gregory Bennett, uh, probably say Tuttle's on there as well. And, uh, if I have to say it, uh, this is so many good teams. It's hard. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, what we go with here. But I think off the top of my head, those guys for sure will be on that. And when you and I were talking about you coming on the podcast as a guest, you've shared with me your feelings and your thoughts about this past 10-year run that the Bobcats have had. Do you want to share what you were sharing with me about the wave of success they had during this 10 years? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's one of those things where you look at the, the kids that we've had coming through um and and coach coach Bryant's been doing an awesome job not only just rebuilding teams but reloading them um and and having a true ability to to have every kid play i mean the not even just varsity level he he had the case for eighth graders we got an added freshman team we got a full jv team um and and we're starting to reap the benefits from it and and we have probably our best athletes out there too which is always an added bonus um it's not just baseball guys, it's, it's Bobcats, which is cool. Yeah, he, he does a great job with that. I know talking to coaches all over the state, they are jealous of that paid junior varsity coach and that full junior varsity schedule. Coach Davidson, thanks for joining us, and thanks for providing all this information leading into our Western Dubuque All-Decade team, which will be released right now. So, criteria of the all-decade team, I sent feelers out to every single coach that had coached during this time frame, and I asked for one at each position, and also asked for a DH and three pitchers. I would like to, again, thank Hall of Famer of the show, Casey Bryant. This list came from him. He was right on it, and I would encourage you to check out Western Dubuque baseball's website awesome website i uh i did not notice or find any other websites 
for any of the other baseball programs that we cover. No website for Waller, Hempstead, or Senior. But I can tell you the Western Dubuque website for their baseball program is top-notch. So, oh, and I do want to talk about, too, that I made a mistake when I sent the feeler out. So I uh, said I wanted it from 2009 to 2019, and then I later – um, went on to have dinner with uh, Tim Felderman and we talked about it and he goes, yeah, but the decade is 2010 to 2019. So coach Bryant had some guys that graduated in 2019. I'm sorry, 2009 that I do want to recognize, but I removed from the team. He had a uh, first baseman, Tyler Hafel. He graduated in 2009, and then he also had Joe Lightfried at second base, also a 2009 grad. But um, I removed those guys from the list because I updated the time frame to really cover the decade 2010 to 2019. Question here, I'm going to open it up to you, Tyler and Corey, catcher. Who is Western Dubuque's all-decade team catcher? I think it's a, a no-brainer. It's uh, probably one of the best baseball players to come through West Dubuque, I would think, Calvin Harris. Coagling, yeah, any guesses? That'd be my guess. All right. What makes this different than all the other episodes is Western Dubuque, some of the other programs do not bring guys up right away. Um, Waller does. Senior sometimes doesn't. Hempstead does not that very, that often as well. But Western Dubuque, if you can play as an eighth grader, if you can help them out as a freshman, Coach Bryant's going to bring you up. Whatever he can do to help the team. His roster at the varsity level is usually always the 24 best guys in the program that can help that team win. So we're actually, I am going to unveil career stats. This is the first time we've done this for an all-decade team. But here is Cal Harris, who was named the um, all-decade team catcher by Coach Casey Bryant. This is coming from their website. He tied the school record for triples with seven in 2017. First team all-conference and all-district in 2017. Super Team All-State 2017, broke the record for triples with nine in 2018, broke the school record for ERA .53 in 2018, First Team All-Conference, First Team All-District, Super Team All-State, all in 2018, also threw a no-hitter in 2018, and he is an old, old Miss commit. Here are some things that I pulled from Cal. He also was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. Once his career finishes up, he will be a five-year varsity starter. Last year, he had an average of 408 and an on-base percentage of 593. Here are Cal's career stats. He still has a year to go. His career stats, 24 stolen bases. 106 walks, 176 RBIs, 16 career home runs, 31 career doubles, and 18 career triples. And he still does have a year to go. 
Coach Davidson, you're our Western Dubuque expert. Anything about Cal Harris that you would like to add before we go on to our first baseman? I think out of all the kids that I've coached, this is probably the one kid that you really didn't have to say too much to him. I mean, he was so athletically gifted, and, and from his mental aspect, he's by far the sharpest kid. Um, and at the same time, he, he always gives you direct eye contact. He listens to everything you say. I know Coach Ryan Horner uh, coached football with him. Uh, he helped out sometimes with the varsity program. Uh, and he helped Calvin a lot, too, on just thinking about approaches. When, shockingly, Calvin was going through a slump, which seems almost funny to say that he would go through one. Uh, but he, he picks up everything. He's a sponge. I mean, the kid is just destined for great things. And not even just in, in the sport of baseball, just in general. I mean, the kids follow him uh, football-wise. I mean, he had no no reason to come out for football after his junior year because he got a concussion in the state championship game had so much to lose and it, it wasn't even a question and I, I think that just shows how much of the character that that scott has, has put on to cal his dad and uh and just a great family what an athletic family i mean think of just in the last couple of years we have calvin harrison spencer holden and their cousins and there's two of our best kids we've had come through us to be for a long time so yeah, great kid, great family. Um, one one thing about Cal that really impressed me is last year at the start of the year, we were hit with a whole bunch of rain at the start of the year. And Coach Bryant wanted to do a position day. So each coach was assigned a position and we worked on things that were true to that position. Well, Calvin worked with the catchers. And he ran them through his workout, his program, his pregame approach that he does for catching drills. And when I would talk to him, eye contact, he would listen. When I would offer suggestions, he would take them. And this is guy, a guy who will go take BP with Nomar Garciaparra. And this is a guy who will travel all over the country working with some of the greats in the game. And he treated me, a freshman coach, as as uh, as a knowledgeable person of the game. And uh, as much as I was picking his brain, any suggestion that I had or anything that I offered to him, he listened to it. And and that was uh, that was awesome to see coming from Calvin. And, uh, another funny thing about this is that. He absolutely like despises these types of things, like the recognition and awards stuff. Like our running joke is, it's not TH athlete of the week; it's TH Cal Harris of the week because it seems like he wins it every week. And like he, like the limelight and all that stuff that that kids strive for, that want the notoriety or popularity. That's not what he wants at all. He just he wants to be the best version of himself and and be a really good teammate. And obviously, he does that to a T. So. Yeah, I, I followed that football season very closely, and every interview, always, it was his teammates, wants to thank his teammates. Uh, he doesn't throw that touchdown pass if the line doesn't block. He doesn't get that 
first down play action touchdown pass if uh, Ben Bryan or the other tailback doesn't pick up the short yardage on on fourth and one. And just like you said, he's old, his his college is paid for. Uh, probably uh, might be playing professional baseball next year at this time. Might be. I'm. I should say. I was going to say probably going to get drafted. He's going to get drafted. I shouldn't have said probably going to be playing professional baseball because I don't have any insight on that. But he, yeah, you're right. He had everything to lose, but but came out and played. Uh, first baseman, Coach Davidson. Who do you think it would be? Uh, this one, I'm going to go back to the, the 2012 team, uh, which was probably before this past couple of years. Ryan is probably one been one of our better teams we had through West Dubuque. Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Tuttle. Nick Tuttle is not the first baseman. This is this is where we uh, might run into a little bit of a problem. The first baseman was originally Tyler Hafel, but um, I removed him from the list, and I moved Coach Bryant's DH up to first base, and it is actually Kyle Lehman. Kyle oh, okay. Lehman. Yeah. Uh, senior okay. year, he hit 375, had an on-base percentage of 533, and here are Kyle's career stats. Kyle's career stats, he had 22 doubles, 8 home runs, and a total of 93 RBIs. Any funny Kyle Lehman stories, or they don't even have to be funny. Any stories that you can add about Kyle Lehman? Uh, well, that Duber uh, is a muscle hamster. Um, that kid legitimately is in the weight room more than any kid that we've had come through West Dubuque. Um, and it, it shows, I mean, even at a, like, I remember him as a seventh grader sitting there weaving, like, this little gift for his mom and that like just seeing his biceps turn into stitching it was probably the strongest person ever to stitch something in his entire life uh great worker great kid i mean he also came off of football one year last year senior year um and that by the end of the year like he didn't play since middle school and he all the coaches said that this kid's a monster and like yeah this is his first year playing and that's just kind of what he is and even on the baseball field uh he's just an ultimate competitor and um, I think he's at Southeastern right now. Um, and I think he, he's got a bright future ahead of him too. Yeah. Um, I, I like that story about uh, him coming out his senior year just because, you know, and I, I think Calvin brought guys out. Um, kids wanted to play with him. Kids knew something special was going on. You see that for baseball when you have track superstars going out for baseball that have never played baseball in their life but feel like they can offer something to the program just by just by their speed. Which brings us to our second baseman. Coach Davidson, if you're putting somebody on the list for second base, what are some names, Western Dubuque, the past 10 years that you think should be second base? Uh, it's kind of tough because I look at looked at through some of our great teams we had, and uh, a lot of guys I know from the cool thing about 11 and 12 was everyone played a bunch of different spots and stuff, but uh, the one team I thought – or one guy I thought of was uh, – was uh, Adam Hager. Uh, he was on the 2012 team. Um, 
he was batting in the three fifties and was one of the catalysts on that team. Um, other names too. I know he didn't really get to bat that much. Ryan Gasper played a huge role uh, in the seventeen eighteen team, just from his defensive standpoint, being able to to help out when Goody was pitching. So um, I'd say those two names came to mind for true second baseman. They did not make the team. I'll be curious to see if they're on the honorable mention team. Again, this team came from uh, Coach Casey Bryant, but it's actually Cody Reimer. So, Cody. Yeah, I, had him, I had him too. Did I you? I can't remember that much if he played. I know he played shortstop his junior year and then played a little bit outfield and second base. I, I didn't know where to put him, but he was definitely yeah. on the list for sure. His senior year stats were he hit 353 on base percentage of 469, 22 stolen bases, 21 RBIs. Yeah. And yeah, he um, had. 42 doubles, and I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Let me start over here. Average of 353, on base percentage of 469, 22 stolen bases, 21 RBIs, 11 doubles, 42 hits, and 28 runs. So those were uh, Cody Reimer's stats uh, from the second base position. So you shared that he played. He uh, was very versatile. Could play a lot of different yeah, he, positions. I his, yeah, his junior year played shortstop quite a bit. Senior year, I think he moved all around. Played also. I think he ended up playing also in the college too. Um, and was obviously an awesome pitcher too. So he was kind of all around utility guy to use. So yeah, I guess I, it would fit a second base role. I I remember coaching at Hempstead. He threw against us, and he threw well against us. Those were always fun games early in the season out at out at Farley Park. Shortstop, I think I know who you're going to say. Who are you naming shortstop? I'm going to go with G. Uh, Gregory Bennett. It is Gregory Bennett currently playing at Middle Tennessee State, and he was a 2017 graduate. This is coming from Western Dubuque's website. Two-time first-team all-conference and all-district in 2016-2017. Tied the school record for triples with seven in 2017. And second-team all-state 4A in 2017. Here are Greg Bennett's. Here are his career stats. 58 doubles, 124 RBIs, 12 home runs, 12 triples, and 34 doubles. Those were his career stats for for Greg Bennett there. Uh, anything to add about Greg? Uh, that's, that's another kid, and it's going to be kind of an echoing statement, a kid that bought into the weight room. Uh, that transition between his sophomore and junior year, uh, he focused on weights and focused on getting himself stronger and, and it paid dividends. I do have a little funny story about Greg. As, G as a freshman, I'm playing Beckman, which is obviously a big rival, and uh, it was one of the last games of the year and he was going to get called up for varsity. And uh, first at bat, he came up lame, run into first base, and he was our starting pitcher. And he was sitting there and he kept saying he was good. And just kind of hobbling around, and it turned to find out that it wasn't his hamstring. He actually tore his quad, mm, and he tried to he tried to play through it. And then uh, he was supposed to actually end up. He was one of the guys that they were going to call up to actually start at shortstop for the varsity team for the playoffs. And I'm sitting there looking like an idiot because I got him hurt in a 
10 o'clock sophomore five inning game against Beckman. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome kid though. I mean, the kid, the kid put in work. I mean, he went to the Juco route, which is always risky to do. Um, and I'm glad to see he's reaping the benefits from it. So, yeah, he was a three-year starter at Western Dubuque, and his senior stats were just insane. He had a 419 average, 524 on base percentage, stole 27 bases, 43 RBIs, 16 doubles, seven triples, and three home runs. Which uh, state champ four by one two. Yeah, add that to the accolades as well. So. Yeah, he was another one of those kids where it seemed just like he he played every sport out at Western Dubuque and played every sport well. You mentioned this guy during the Around the Horn session, third base. You want to tell us that name again? Uh, I said Tyson Massey. It is Tyson Massey. Uh, want to tell us a little bit about him before I read off his credentials here? Uh, the state is appropriately fitting as possible. You wouldn't make tapes on how – he was up on the box, like he was a little unorthodox, kind of goofy, uh, but he got the job done. I mean, if you look at his stats, I mean, he, he's up there with some all-time greats in terms of batting average and stuff, and um, like legitimately, he was a freak athlete when it came to baseball, but it, it just always looked so goofy. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one of my buddies about Tyson Massey, and he said, you need to check his stats, and I looked at him like, oh boy, that's, t- that's tough, to, tough to miss when you look at a kid like that, but Awesome career at Yeah, it's funny you mention his stats. He was a 2012 graduate, second team all state as a senior, 435 batting average his senior year. Now, this is something that I thought was crazy. He had 62 chances at third base as a junior, and he only committed three errors at the hot corner, which is which is ridiculous. But here are his uh, senior year stats. Just shared you his average. On base percentage of 519, 39 runs, 60 hits, 12 doubles, 37 RBIs, and he stole 19 bases. And that is going to bring us to our outfield. Coach Davidson, if you had to pick three outfielders to throw on the Western Dubuque All-Decade Team 2010 to 2019, who are you throwing on there? Well, one of them got taken because I had Kyle as one of my outfielders, but okay. I'll kind of see what I can do here. Uh, two of the first two names came to mind was Ryan Lehman um, and Max Steffen. And then I would throw uh, I'd throw Logan Pitts as the third one um, Okay, that 2012 team. Well, Coach Bryant gave us a right fielder, and he gave us Ryan Lehman. And let me uh, read to you Ryan Lehman's bio here he see i'm searching for it here he uh his senior year hit 486 on base percentage of 560 seven home runs 54 rbis 25 doubles 70 hits and he scored 59 runs so that is uh, monstrous here and anything that you'd like to add about Ryan Lehman before I read his bio on the Western Dubuque website uh, I think it's crazy but his junior year he ended up hit, he had 10 home runs uh, 
again, I remember that was the kind of one that first stood out when I saw that they had a good group coming because their other top guys were juniors and end up showing that that next year that was the the year that they made the state. So yeah, I mean, by far one of the one of the best hitters that came through West Dubuque statistically in, in a long time. Yeah, Ryan was a 2012 graduate. He was first team All State as a junior, super elite team as a senior. Current school record holder in hits with 70, and he also had 25 doubles and 59 runs, and he was an IHSACA all-star during his time at Western Dubuque. Now, I can't remember, I don't know if you mentioned this guy's name, but Coach Bryant for center field gave us a player by the name of Mitchell Kramer. Mitchell Kramer... He, um, let's see here. He was about a 16 grad, I believe. Yeah. Anything that you can tell us here about Mitchell Kramer? Well, Mitch is a bulldog. I mean, uh, you actually, I think you would have to, you see eclipses more than you see the kid smile. Like that's kind of his demeanor. Uh, he comes from a, a strong baseball background in Epworth. Uh, and he's one of those kids that he loves the game, and, and his senior year, he, he finally put it all together and had a pretty solid year. Thanks for uh, talking about Mitchell Kramer. I'd just like to apologize to Mitchell that I, I did not pull his stats. So, uh, I've got his stats if you want me to read them. Yeah, I pull them up here. yeah uh, go for it. Yeah, better 374, uh, 18 stolen bases, uh, 12 doubles, scored 41 runs. Uh, and uh, on base of 480. So, I mean, he had pretty solid sets. And uh, like I said, the kid, I think he, he actually fell off a roof this summer uh, <laughs> working and like broke a bone like near his hip or his back and ended up playing by the end of the summer. Wow. Kind of crazy. It just shows how much the kid loves, loves baseball. Uh, he's at Iowa right now uh, trying to be a. Uh, personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach. So a uh, great kid. Very cool. And and I realized where I made the mistake. So for Ryan Lehman, I put down his sophomore, I'm sorry, his senior year stats and his junior year stats. And I made the mistake of uh, thinking they were Mitchell Kramer. So thanks for uh, coming in and, and plugging me in there and saving sure. me. I appreciate it. Left fielder, you mentioned before, Max Steffen. And I am going to read his bio on the Western Dubuque website here. Max Steffen set two school records with 57 stolen bases and 67 runs in 2017. He was a 2017 grad. Second most hits in a season with 69 in 2017. Second team, first team all-conference. Sorry, two-time First team all conference 2016 2017, and he was first team all state class 4A in 2017. And here were his stats his senior year he had 476 on base percentage of 506, 57 stolen bases, 69 hits, 67 runs, and he had 26. RBI. So you were talking about this guy earlier, said you had some things to share about him. What would you like to share? Yeah, so uh, Max Steffen, if you looked at him, he's, he's a physically 
like just built uh, he's at Clark right now playing football he's at you and I playing for the first two years and you look at him and think of he's an athlete all this stuff and uh, he's an avid video gamer uh, I'm pretty sure he took his computer he named it Clarice took it to homecoming and prom uh, like I said he loves he loves kids meals he loves mac and cheese chicken tenders um, but no all kidding aside he's, he's one of the freakiest athletes country West Dubuque it's the only kid I ever seen where the crowd would go wild as soon as he hit it on the ground because he knew he was going to be safe. Um, and it showed I me mean, 57 stone bases, nothing to joke around about. Um, it was part of a really good team in that 2017. Yeah, that's uh, year. that's crazy. 57 stolen bases. If you think about it, in high school, you are not allowed to play more than 40 games. 40 games is what your season schedule is. So to steal more than one base a game is ridiculous. And correct me, Western Dubuque people, if I'm wrong on this. Coach Manaman on Twitter, Facebook group, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I believe he did score Clark University's first ever touchdown in football. Am I right on that? Do I remember reading that? Yeah, uh, I actually was at that game and I went to go get a hot dog and everyone was cheering. So I was actually there to not witness it. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Picked the wrong time to get a hot dog. Now, this is where we we will I will take some criticism for this. It's the utility position. Um, I I threw in one of my uh, one of my favorite players that I coached at uh, Western Dubuque. But um, this is where Coach Bryant had Kyle Lehman, and I bumped Kyle Lehman up to first base because the first baseman wasn't eligible. But um, there will be many snubs that could probably sneak into this, but. Uh, DH, I put in Damon Yeager. Uh, okay, he was a two-year starter, played freshman baseball for me as a shortstop, um, but ended up making his way into the outfield. But um, I believe sophomore and junior year was a DH for them as well. But his senior year, he had an average of 350, on-base percentage of 459. He had eight doubles, three triples, four home runs, 31 RBIs. 42 runs and 36 stolen bases. He, When he was hitting leadoff last year, he was really getting the table going for uh, Calvin. People couldn't pitch around Calvin if, if Damon was on, and a lot of times Calvin uh, would bring him in. But uh, freakish track athlete, freakish speed. Anything about Damon Yeager before we get into the pitching staff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say the one thing that, I guess it would be hard to pull. You have to go game by game, but those two last two years for the state runs, I feel like brought out the best of him too. Even though junior his stats didn't look so sharp, but by the end of the year in the playoffs, I mean he was by far one of the the more steady producers that we had during the state runs and postseason. So kind of shows how clutch he was, and obviously he's a state champ himself in long jump, and yeah, he's a freak athlete. So. Yeah, very cool. And that's uh, going to take us to our pitching staff. Now, I will give you a hint that you have named off all of these guys already. Uh, one of them you actually listed as a position player. So three guys. Who do you think were the pitchers that Coach Bryant put on his all-decade team? Uh, I'm going to go good, Goody, Sam Goodman. You are I'm correct. Uh, Dylan Gatto. You are correct. And I'm going to go Nick Tuttle. You are correct. So we're going to go to Nick Tuttle first. Nick Tuttle, as a senior, was 10-2, and two, 
with an ERA of 202, and he had 47 Ks his uh, senior year. Anything that you'd like to add about Nick Tuttle before we get on to Sam Goodman and Dylan Gatto? Uh, I guess my thing with, with him is he didn't really have overpowering stuff, but he just had a feel and, and had an ability to get guys out. Uh, probably one of the better baseball guys as far as understanding how to pitch. He wasn't just a thrower. Uh, there's guys that have came through that's thrown a lot harder than him, but he knew how to pitch. He knew how to get his off speed going, and uh, I mean, he was he was a catalyst for those two years. So I, I noticed that about him. Whenever I talked to Coach Bryant, and whenever we were doing this project, he always would tell me, "You have to check out Nick Tuttle's stats. You have to look at Nick Tuttle." And yeah. I, I wondered if he was a – I could tell he was a pitch-to-contact guy with how many innings he threw, and he didn't average a strikeout an inning. So, um, yeah, he just seems like one of those guys who could hit his corners, hit his spots, uh, saw guys off, get a lot of ground balls, and have the defense work behind him. Uh, I mean, he was a, he's a gamer. I mean, uh, you know how it is with baseball when you have a kid on bump that – that kids feel confident that they know that they're going to have a legitimate chance to win. And he was one of those guys. So, yeah. Uh, second on the list. And again, these pitchers are in no particular order, but uh Wartburg player right now, uh, Dylan Gatto, he was a 2017 graduate. He set the school record in 2017. He had an ERA of 0.68. Two-time first-team all-conference in 2016-2017, second-team all-district, and he has a career record of 14-4. and four. So let me uh, pull you his uh, information here. He was um, career record of 14-4, and four, and for his career had 149 strikeouts. He also... I, I loved watching him pitch. I loved sitting right behind home plate because his curveball had so much movement. And also, when somebody got on first base, he had a very fluent pickoff move that was exactly the same as his windup. So if you got on first base, you weren't stealing. If you took a huge lead, he was picking you off. But uh, you coach Dylan. Anything uh, to share about Dylan that the people listening might not know? Uh, he's also a goober. Uh, he drinks a lot of Mountain Dew. Uh, no, he, that kid has probably the best feel for pitches that I've seen out of a high school. Um, I can't imagine that he walked over very many over 40 people through three years. Um, and the just ability as a, as a lefty to throw all, all three pitches for strikes and do it consistently regardless of counts just makes you dangerous as it is. And, He's another kid too that did that his junior year kind of bought into the weight room and his senior year paid dividends for that as well. So good basketball player as well. And it was starting quarterback for a playoff team. Yeah. Which brings us to our last pitcher. No uh no secrets here. Sam Goodman. Here's Sam Goodman's bio and then I'm gonna follow it up with his career record. Two thousand and nineteen graduate, first team all conference. First team all district in 2018. First team class 4A all state pitcher 2018. He was 9 and 1, three saves, 0.53 ERA, 113 Ks in 75 innings, 
He threw three no-hitters in his career and also is playing at the University of Iowa. Here are his career stats. Career record, 24-8, and and he totaled 275 strikeouts in his career at Western Dubuque. And he was a four-year starter there. He was in the rotation freshman year all the way through senior year. Um, his senior year, his ERA was 0.67, and opponents only hit 202 against him. So knowing his dad, coaching with his dad, seeing him grow, seeing uh, Sam develop, uh, what what uh, might you tell the listening audience here or tell people that they might not know about Sam that that would be some good insight to have? Uh Sam Goodman is probably the most competitive kid to ever come through West Dubuque, which says a lot through the people that we've had. Um, and it, it, for as well as his stats were, and obviously his accolades are, are important, um, it, it wasn't always easy for him. I mean, he, he went through some rough patches and, and dealt with some maturity stuff early on. And I mean, coming in as a freshman pitch in varsity, and he uh, not only took that in, he just once he kind of knew how to bottle that competitiveness and, and make it more positive, uh, the, the kid's untouchable. And um, even he was on the Legion team uh, his junior year and, and helped lead them to be a county, making it to the World Series. Um, and that, that's just kind of the kid that you want. And uh, like I said, he, he he'll he'll get mad losing in checkers or rock paper scissors. It doesn't matter what the the venue is. You know, and the kid all he wants to do is win. So. Yeah, uh, very. I, I loved watching his slider from behind home plate as well, and I think uh, his slider had probably the most movement I've ever seen from a high school kid. I mean, when he threw it, you thought that if there wasn't a catcher there catching it, that it would be a boomerang, and he would be able to catch his own pitch. It had that much movement, Coach. Thanks for sitting in on this. We appreciate it. We're going to go through. Coach Bryant's honorable mention. Now, I did not pull stats for these guys, but um, I the names too, guys. Uh, you can go. Yeah, and feel free to uh, to jump in um, and tell stories after I'm finished with the list here. So, infield slash catcher, he had Tanner Meyer, Tyler Johnson, Mitch Gatto, and Jake Westoff. In the outfield, he had Logan Pitts, which you had mentioned. Now, help me with this name. Is it Nick Lembazeter? Lembazeter, yep. Nick Lembazeter, Tommy Kane, and Landon Klosterman. And then he also had Gavin Notterman, Tyler Sampson, Casey Perrineau, and Zach Bierman. So anything that stands out to you about those guys, or do you want to share your honorable mention list right now? Uh, I think Coach Brian hit it. Pretty straight on with a lot of the guys. I know uh, Gary Notterman was on the 2012 team. Uh, his stats were crazy. He was kind of their relief guy that they used because they had so many good pitchers. And I think he has to score records for saves. Um, Casey Perrineau hopefully gets a chance to, to add to it this, this summer. Um, but he was dealing with arm issues his sophomore year and junior year. I mean, he was, he was lights out. Uh, and he had .8 ERA. Yeah, uh, he's going to south, going to southeastern. 
Yeah, he does a great job. Nine and one last year, uh, ERA below one. His family definitely Hall of Famers of the show. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, but what else were you going to say? No, no, I was going to say, like, it's that baseball family. Um, he's got legit knowledge of the game, and, and now he, he's getting growing up, and he's getting more built to it. And now he has stuff. I mean, his off-speed is one of the nastiest in the state. Um and once he starts getting developing more velocity on that fastball, that, that kid's going to go places for sure. And the only other one that I that I had on there was Tommy Kane. Uh, Tommy Kane kind of had a, a rough, or not rough, but a, not as good of a junior as he wanted, and he was pretty frustrated about it. Um, and he ended up pulling out a senior year that was pretty solid. He was up there in triples. Um, I think he batted close to 400 in that 2015 year. And, uh, he was a great. He was a great athlete as well. Yeah, thanks for uh, mentioning Tommy. I was going to ask you if you had any Tommy Kane stories because his I have too many Tommy Kane stories. Well, well, give us one because his dad, uh, his dad's a Hall of Famer of the show. He's always uh, responding. He's been patiently waiting for this Western Dubuque. And uh, uh, Mike, Mike, we'd like to thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Well. Uh, my apologies to Barb just for having those two in the same household. But uh, <laughs> I guess my my favorite Tommy story. Tommy lives maybe he could hack a loogie onto AJ Spiegel Park, yet he could never find himself to be the first person there. It's like he usually just stood outside the deck and saw if someone was there to go to practice. So he definitely took advantage of his living situation. But uh, no, all kidding aside, great family. Uh, and I think he, he's, I think he's an accountant now, which is okay. kind of crazy because I didn't know he could count, but, uh, <laughs> he's a great kid, great personality. And he was one of the leaders of that, that group that he had in 2015. Nice coach. Uh, thanks for sitting in on this. Uh, we appreciate it. It's going to take us to our last segment, which is called closing time. We're going to get dirty with Davidson. We're going to sit down with Soigling, and we're going to have a minute with Manaman. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music, we know that the end is near, and it's closing time. And we're going to get dirty with Davidson. I don't know how dirty we're going to get here, Mr. <laughs> Manaman. Uh I guess my thing I, I want to talk about is, and it's perfect that we're doing this when we're talking about West Dubuque, um, and this goes out to any any players or any parents out there um, around this area, is, is really to try to go out and, and play as many sports as you can. Um, the specialization of baseball is a, is a big topic, and uh, you miss out on so many opportunities, whether it's athletically or just as growing up and, and becoming an adult. There's so many lessons other sports give you, and, and it's nice to have a break too. I mean, you look at what's going on now with, with the, the situation we have. There's going to be seniors that aren't going to – in the states that aren't going to be able to play baseball, and uh, it's, it's really unfortunate that if people put all their eggs in that basket. Um, but most importantly, it, it's going to make you a better player. I mean, you think that this only folks on baseball is going to be your ticket uh, to, to become D1 uh, – Go tell that to, to Calvin Harris. I mean, he's a three-star, three-sport star. Uh, Sam Goodman was a four-sport athlete. Uh, Sam Link 
who played in the state championship basketball game. Uh, you go Gregory Bennett, he's division one right now. He, he won a state championship in, in track. So, uh, if you think that's the ticket to be D one, go for it, but it, it's not proven it. So, uh, play as much sports. That's what makes West Dubuque so great. Um, is that all the coaches, everyone's in line that, that we want to be the best West Dubuque, uh, community and not necessarily the best baseball team. And, and once you do that, then you're going to be successful. Thanks, Corey, for sharing that. It was awesome uh, getting dirty with you there. And, 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 I, and I say that because we had shared before how much we love those guys, those grinders that can play five or six different positions for you that take those enormous leads and they're always a step and dive back into the base. They slide into home plate even when there's not a throw being made on them. They dive for balls that are 20 feet out of their reach. So um, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, one thing that I thought was awesome last year is Coach Bryan had track superstars going out that hadn't played baseball in, in, since sixth grade but they're the fastest people in the state and they just want it to go out to be part of it and to help the team. They would show up for practice. Somebody would teach them base running. They would work on base running for 30 or 40 minutes and they would go home and they would show up to the game as your courtesy runner and your late inning pinch runners and people were involved and that's what it's all about. Now we're going to take it to coach Soigling and we're going to sit down with Soigling. Yeah, so today I'm choosing to go on a little bit of a rant here. It's a personal pet peeve of mine. Um, this goes out to every single player, whether you're in Little League or you're in high school or you're in college, whatever it is. <sighs> Stop picking up baseballs and trying to shoot them like you're Kobe Bryant or Bron James or Michael Jordan, into these buckets. I'm so sick of seeing it. It drives me crazy. This is when we're taking ground balls, when you're in the tunnel taking BP, when you're taking fly balls. Anything that has to do with baseballs laying on the ground, pick them up, put them in the bucket like a normal person so we can move on and get to doing other things. If you want to shoot basketballs, you want to shoot stuff, go out on the court, try out for your your team like Coach uh, Davidson's telling you guys, go play other sports and go play basketball if you want to do that with these baseballs. But we have a job to do when we're on a baseball field. Put them in the bucket so I can get you more reps or we can move on to the next thing. All right, Coach. Thanks for uh, telling all the players out there that information. <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate it. We know when we hear Mariana Rivera's music in the background, the podcast is coming to an end just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. I would like to take this time before I get into my minute with Manaman, and I'd like to thank uh, Coach Corey Davidson for Western Dubuque for providing such great information, great background, great stories about the Western Dubuque players on the Western Dubuque team. I'd also like to thank uh, my co-host, Coach Tyler Soigling, for uh, joining me on this podcast. We're facing tough times ahead, people. We really are. We have a disease that's spreading like crazy. As Americans, we need to stay home. Stay in your house. 
I'm worried that the Major League Baseball season is going to get canceled because people just can't stay in their house. South Korea, China, they they stayed in their homes two months. Two-month government lockdown. They're back to work. They're back to school. South Korean Baseball League is starting here shortly. If anybody wants to get in a South Korean Fantasy Baseball League with me, reach out to me on Coach Manman. Let's get something going here. If we don't stay in our homes... Western Dubuque, Hempstead, Senior, Wallert, they're going to miss out on this season. Hempstead's loaded. Western Dubuque is loaded. Senior, I don't know about Senior. Senior's a wild card for me. Wallert has a ton of young talent. Stay in your homes. And Frank did it for two years. We can do it for two months. That's what I'm suggesting. Two-month lockdown. Social distance. I'm going to help you here with social distancing in a minute with Manaman. When you don't leave your home, I have some movies for you, have some video games, and have some books for you that you can play all baseball-related movies. We all know about Major League, Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, A League of Their Own, Sandlot, and the original Bad News Bears. Only watch the remake if you're extremely bored. Those are baseball movies you have to watch, and yes, I know I forgot some off the list. I also like Cobb, story about Ty Cobb, great baseball movie. Here are three movies and baseball shows that you've never heard of that during this social distancing time when uh, we go into martial law and we're locked in our house. Here's what you can do. The final season, terrible acting, great story. It's based out of Norway, Iowa, their final season. Guys that play varsity baseball, many of the filming locations were the Cedar Rapids schools. Great story, great movie, terrible acting, but watch the final season, Norway baseball. A documentary, it's for sale on Amazon right now for $5. If you search hard enough, you can probably find it on a streaming service. It used to be on Netflix. Heck, If you want to borrow it during this time, come on over to my house. I'll put it on my front porch. You can borrow it. DM me, Coach Manaman. Find me on Facebook. Send a PM, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. It's a story called A Player to Be Named Later. It's a documentary. It's true. They follow four minor leaguers on their journey in the minors to make it to the majors. Great story. One of the guys they follow along in A Player to Be Named Later is Marco Scudero. It's crazy. He was a player to be named later. And um, I believe he's a World Series champion. This one is on YouTube. This is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I actually own two copies of it, the edited one and the unedited one. I've actually become good friends with the director, John Fitzgerald. It's called Playing for Peanuts. It is a 10-episode documentary about minor league baseball. He follows Wally Backman and the South Georgia Peanuts as they open up the inaugural season of the South Coast League. 10 episodes, 22 minutes long. It is phenomenal. You can find it on YouTube, Playing for Peanuts. You've seen the ejection of Wally Backman. It comes from that show. One of the best baseball shows I've ever seen. Video games. We know about MLB The Show, MVP 2005, 
RBI Baseball and Ken Griffey Jr. Here are some Nintendo games. You can download them pretty much anywhere off emulators. Dusty Diamond's All-Star Softball, Baseball Stars, Bad News Baseball, Little League Baseball, Baseball Simulator 1000. These are all games that you can pick up and play. You really don't have to have much skill set. You can play it with your five-year-old, play it with your seven-year-old. Awesome, fun baseball games for the Nintendo. Books. If you're a reading person, Moneyball, we all know about that. Great story about the Oakland A's, how they were able to win based on having the lowest payroll in baseball. That's also, how could I not mention that in the movie section? The Boys of Summer, October 1964, Season in Hell, where they follow Billy Martin. And I actually just had this book sent to me, um, one that you may not know, uh, Curveball by Barry Zito. I just, I just bought it off his website, signed it for me and everything. So while we're social distancing, while we're staying home, those are some things that you can do around the house. If we stay in our, ho- in our homes, we can knock this out six weeks to two months. If we continue to be selfish and go out and travel, heck, I canceled a Disney trip. We're not going to have a major league season. Our high school players aren't going to be able to play. I'm going to miss... Uh, my Alanis Morissette concert and and Chicago Cubs uh, baseball game in July. Let's do it now while the weather's still a little bit crummy, but we got to social distance and we got to stay safe. And just like that, 643, we're out of here. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.